and mentalhealthjourney.com. Hi guys, hope all well. It is Connor Stone here, the founder and content creator at mentalhealthjourney.com. And here is my first proper podcast of the year. So happy new year to everyone. I hope your 2020 has gotten off to a good start and that your new year's resolutions are still on track. And listen, if they aren't, you have 11 and a half months to get them back on track. So don't be too hard on yourselves. I just uploaded a mindfulness exercise yesterday um the body scan which is a great exercise to start off the new year and get in touch with your body and bring the relationship between your mind and body closer together uh, and also just to generally relax so um, feel free to give that a try if you get a chance i'm hoping to put up more of these types of mindfulness exercises as well as these more reflection podcasts uh, over the course of the year and later on, also look to do some interviews with people, either professionals in the field or some people who might have experienced areas of mental illness that I haven't and um, that I wouldn't be able to give justice to on my own. So I'm looking forward to bringing that all to you in 2020 and we'll see how the year goes for all of us. But I'm excited to, to go on this mental health journey together. Um, today, what I, what I want to talk to you guys about is um, alcohol and mental health and also caffeine and mental health so i did a blog on this uh, last week which you can check out in the blog section of the website and the reason i'm like to release a blog alongside the podcast is that i know people have preferences for the way they consume this type of information and some people connect more with written pieces some people connect more with audio pieces and, and like to consume on the go so I'm going to put out both for, for as much of my content as possible just to to cater for both audiences. So I suppose this one's quite apt because it's dry January for a lot of people and people are trying to feel the benefit of not drinking alcohol for a month, which for anyone from Ireland and the UK, it's not something that we do that often. So I just wanted to touch on my own experiences of alcohol and how it's interacted with my mental health and um you know negative ways and sometimes positive ways so i suppose what i say in the blog quite a bit is um my counselor said in my first month of therapy that i seem to always feel my worst the few days after drinking so maybe it isn't for me and I heard him, but and I agreed with him because I had some tough experiences, you know, on nights out, but also in the few days after nights out for a while. And I explained this to him. You know, my first panic attack I was drinking. Um, my biggest panic attack ever was the day after drinking. Uh, so I I knew what he was talking about, and I knew that I would have been better off maybe taking a break or whenever I felt off to not drink. But it wasn't until last summer that she listened to him properly and, and took on that advice because I was always able to come up with an excuse to drink. It was always, yeah, I know what you mean, but you know, there's this big party next week or there's this ball or I need to go here, I need to do this and like, you know, it's pointless if I don't drink. 
and I'd say to him, I know that'll be crap for a few days afterwards, but I'll I'll take that on my chin and I'll accept that. And we would have this over and back for for months and months and it would always come up, but I'd always say to him, I know, I know, I know. And not like I was, you know, crazy drinker. Like I've had a normal enough relationship with alcohol. Like I started drinking when I was 17. Uh, my dad used to always ask me, was I going to go drinking when I was younger? And I'd say no. And he'd say, why not? <laughs> I'm not sure if he remembers that. He'll probably contest it. But I, I remember a couple of occasions where that happened. So I was late enough starting. Only really started to enjoy it probably when I went to college then in 2014. Um, got used to it and began to enjoy it even more when I was away in Sydney first semester in 2016. And then the following year I was on internship and I was earning money and sure life was great so you know I didn't have an excuse to knock out a couple of times a week and like I guess at the end of the day I thought it was fun like I enjoyed the energy that it gave me and I was a shy person when I was younger Um, I know people probably won't believe me now because I'm one of the loudest people you come across but when I was in school when I started school, I remember I like I used to have a stammer and I needed to go to a speech and language therapist to to get that out of me. And that was like an obvious sign of anxiety from a young age. But I then went to all boys schools, um, primary and secondary until I started college. So I think I needed a bit of drink when it came to coming out of my shell and, and talking to girls and all that stuff that people should be quite used to. Maybe that's an, a negative of of single sex skills, but anyway, that's another topic for another day. Um, but like, uh, you know, especially in growing up in Ireland, I think drinking was the centerpiece of of our social interactions. So, you know, whenever I would start like yeah, a, a new course or a new team or I join work, there was always a night out to to bring us together. Um and it worked. Like I made some great friends through all of that. Um and when I was drinking I just felt more fun. I I felt more at ease when I was drinking. When that feeling gets offered to someone who's naturally shy or a bit socially awkward, like you're gonna take it and there's no denying that. And like most of my experiences on drink, I'm not gonna lie, I, I do want to outline that from the start of the podcast. Like they've been really positive. I've had some great memories of nights out and holidays and stuff like that and you know sometimes you know I felt for years I was one of these people who you know had no issues with drink and um you know I, I was just emotionally stable on it and I was a uh, good fun on it and that type of thing but there was there was a point in college when I started to realize that there was a bit of a dark side to it um and it, it like I, I just started to develop this pattern of nights out so I would start off and I'd be drinking and, you know, I'd be great fun and I'd be full of energy, looking to dance and party and talk and all that stuff. And then at some point in the night, it would just always happen. Um, I would just like switch and there'd be some sort of trigger and I'd start to get angry. And that trigger could be, you know, my friend said something or a bouncers and letting in one of my friends or you know, sometimes maybe it was me, um, not going to say anything, and or a taxi driver that was bringing us the wrong way or something, and, and i just get really angry then, and it felt like this pent-up rage, I don't know, like, because the individual situation wasn't enough to, to feel like this, but it would happen anyway, 
And then it would all wrap up with me getting upset and crying about something in my personal life. And generally, it was something that I would never have talked about sober. And it was stuff that my friends had no idea about. And it was these moments where, you know, I'd probably be too drunk to even remember them clearly. uh, Or I'd try to just forget that they happened and, and laugh it off the next day. But they obviously reflected and thought, right there's something wrong here um so to be fair to them they asked me and they said you know here man are you okay like they didn't say the reasons why they were wondering um and they're good to me about that but they they just asked was I okay and like sober and conscious me was sure that I was so I was like yeah don't no, leave me alone lads on grand and it wasn't really till a few years later that I that I realized that it was only drunk me that was really expressing my emotions properly because I was angry and I was sad about things that happened in my personal life that I've gone into before in the podcast and and in the blog, but I I hadn't expressed them and it, I had bottled up so much that it was only drink that let those feelings pour out of me, and that's not a good place to be in, um, and. Then I went on my, my trip to to Southeast Asia and when I was there after my first panic attack um, and the panic attack wasn't really anything to do with drink, um, I don't think. I think it was just a unfamiliar surroundings, um, you know, dehydrated, hot country, very loud, that type of thing and it, it all just didn't suit me. Uh, but after that point, I just felt very uncomfortable drinking and it, it just stayed in my head um, for the rest of the trip I, I I might start drinking but then I'd feel a bad headache coming on or I'd feel very anxious and after my panic attack I was prescribed Valium and, and you can't drink while you're taking Valium so generally I would choose the Valium over the, the possible anxiety attack that would come from me drinking and there was a few times during the holiday where I had those moments like what I talked about earlier where I knew I shouldn't be drinking but there was you know one of our friends was in Ho Chi Minh when we were there we needed to go out so we had a big night out and then I was flying to an island south of Ho Chi Minh the next day and we were in the airport and because I was drinking uh, I, I couldn't take my volume so I was sitting there in the airport and I had the biggest panic attack of my life and from that moment onwards I just did not feel comfortable drinking I was just embedded in me and then when I I came home from the trip and was back in college and I obviously thought that as I said before that everything would go back to normal I I could do everything that I did previously before the holiday again but drinking was one of those things that that changed and whenever I started to drink I'd start getting these horrible headaches tension headaches and it would feel like I was about to pass out or that my head was going to explode and, and even though I knew that I wouldn't it was still scary and I'd have to push through it um, and generally I did and I'd have a few more drinks and uh, I'd be okay and I'd be back to myself that that happy-go-lucky me um, but then I'd pay for it and I found that whenever I pushed through that that initial pain barrier I was ignoring the signal from my brain that was telling me that I should stop and maybe I shouldn't drink tonight. Maybe I should just, you know, take it easy. Um, but listen, I was a college student 
with friends and social life and I didn't want to be left behind is the reality of it and a lot of people have that reality so I did push through and whenever I did I just have this horrible anxiety and depression hangover for days and uh, it wasn't just a normal hangover it wasn't just being tired it, it was just dark dark times um, and it wasn't really until as I said last summer that it, that I started to change this pattern with drinking um, because like I said previously I had a bad setback with my depression um, and that led me to actually listen to my counsellor this time and I decided listen drinking isn't really for me in, in most situations and I started to weigh up the things that hurt me and helped me in my life and um, I realised that alcohol in excess isn't love and I wanted to push love on myself to the top of my agenda so I took a step back from drinking I went off drink for three months didn't touch it and then the next time I drank was when I was on holidays with, with my girlfriend in August and what that said to me was and I had no problems and what it said to me was that I can drink but I need to be in the right mindset with the right people in the right place to do it and a lot of people are like that and, and that's what I mean you need to just find what category you fit into some people can't drink at all. Some people can drink in the right situation. And some people can drink whatever and they're fine. I know lots of people like that. Um, but the difficulty in all that, even if you know what category you fit in, into, is that alcohol has been like an important part of our society and culture since long before I was born, uh, long before most of us were born. And across Ireland and the UK, people of all ages drink and it's, the centerpiece of our social interactions it's our release at the end of a long day and a lot of the time it's it's our tool to help forget as well and like with younger me a lot of us drink to change our personalities or our mood in a given situation you know because alcohol lowers our inhibition and it can give us a temporary release from anxiety and depression so some of us use it to self-medicate and maybe to cheer ourselves up or maybe to help with our sleep if we can't doze off and that can be nice when you know sometimes for people who are usually socially awkward like younger me or um people who can you know can't sleep at night which there's so many of these days but sometimes the release and the relief isn't worth the payment and we enjoy ourselves in the moment, but but we really pay for it in the aftermath. And the next day, um, people call it hangover or having the fear. But when you really look at the symptoms, they are close to identical to the sensations of anxiety and depression. You know, you're talking, oh, I'm worried or I'm wired or I have a banging headache. I'm low in energy. Jeez, I have no motivation to do anything today. And there are words that have just been synonymous with my experiences of mental illness. But what I found most traumatic and, and the thing that really led to my friends first challenging me on my mental health was the fact that alcohol can just connect with our subconscious and intensify these underlying feelings and past memories of trauma that we have and feelings that have been repressed for years in, and also they do, it does it in ways that it shouldn't be brought up I feel like this stuff it, it should come up and talking to 
friends and loved ones people you feel close with or with a counsellor in a safe environment not when you're pissed on the side of Harcourt Street or you know Soho um and my friend saw this in me all these years ago you know drinking was bringing up these repressed feelings from from my parents separation that I didn't even know existed because I always said you know I have a great relationship with my parents, which I do, uh, but that their separation wasn't an issue. And it was obvious that it was, but I just didn't deal with it properly. And it was it was this subconscious um, connection through alcohol that was letting it all out. And sometimes these memories were so raw that they left me just feeling so overwhelmed and anxious and depressed for days. Um, and there was a shame to it as well and and a lot of it was unexplained I didn't really understand why and it's really uh, since going to therapy and 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 doing all this reflection that I've realised why uh, these days are so tough for me and the reality is in, in a chemical sense is that alcohol is depressant uh, you know it decreases the levels of serotonin in our brain and serotonin it's our happiness chemical and when our serotonin levels are depleted like we're likely to experience symptoms of anxiety and depression we all are and that's that's what happens when we're hung over but when you're already that way inclined and you have a gap in your serotonin levels compared to a normal person um drinking's gonna leave you walking a very tight rope and it could leave you in a bad way for days if not weeks um and that's something that i found um and as i said like i still drink uh, but i've changed my my relationship with drink i, I drink on my own terms now and I only do it with the people and in the mindset I feel comfortable. So I'll have a drink with my girlfriend. I'll catch up with my friends for a pint. You know, I'll have a drink with my dad or my brothers when I'm home. Um, but before even I do that with those people I feel really comfortable with, I, I still check in with my mind and my body and just see am I in the right place to do it. Um, you know, well, if I'm off in any way, like if I'm tired or if I'm stressed, if I'm sick, if I'm a bit wired... Or if I have something big coming up, like a meeting or or um, an event, you know, I won't drink. And I'll have a non-alcoholic, which there's plenty of good ones now, uh, and I'll leave it at that. So I guess what I'm trying to say about alcohol is that, you know, it isn't for everyone. Um, some people can drink and have no problems. And fair play to everyone who can. Um, others need to be in the right place with the right people to feel comfortable drinking and then others just aren't made for alcohol and it's all okay you know we should all accept that that's okay and not put people under pressure when they aren't drinking which i think we're getting better at now but still can be an issue and you don't need people don't need to explain why, why they're not drinking it it's just their choice um so i guess if you've had experiences like mine like i do get how difficult it is to to stop because it's hard to to hold off on those social pressures. Um, it's hard because drinking can be very enjoyable and it can be fun to go on a night out when you're drunk and dance and hang out with your friends and have all those fun stories. Um, and also, when you decide not to drink, you're probably accepting that you have a weakness and that, that can be difficult as well none of it's easy to take on and, and all I can say to you is that you know for me since I stopped I feel I do feel a lot more in control and, and in touch with my emotions and their natural fluctuations you know I try to um, 
connect with myself and realise when I'm sad or when I'm angry and I, I don't have those moments where alcohol is bringing it up and it confuses my relationships with people. And I, I do like the feeling I've been able to get into a club without any issues and I like the feeling I've been able to remember everything and, you know, look out for people on nights out and, you know, if people see me, I can still be good cracking coppers or infernos or whatever without without a drink on me. Um, so I can be proud of that. And, you know, it could even be a thing where you, you mix and match so you have one alcoholic and then you have a non-alcoholic and go forward and back. You know, all of it's fine. Um, so if you're not feeling great at the moment, just, you know, try to push loving yourself to the top of your agenda. And if drink isn't part of that agenda, just send me an L message and I'll give you my top non-alcoholic beers that you can try over dry January and beyond. Um, so I guess what I'm trying to say is just alcohol, my relationship with it and understanding my relationship with it has been a huge help for me in my, my journey with mental health. Um, and another thing, I'm not going to go into it as, as deeply, but another thing that's really helped me is um, changing my relationship with caffeine. So I know, like many people, like I, I love the taste of coffee. And when I worked on internship a few years ago, like I'd be having, there was a free coffee machine. And also there was opportunities to go on coffee breaks, which I'm not going to turn down. And they, I'd probably have maybe four a day and I never did it for a buzz you know I, I have good natural energy and I never did it for a buzz but I just like to taste and I'd have so much coffee and then eventually once I started to experience anxiety and know what it was coffee just it just was a catalyst and it it made things so much worse and I kept trying it still it's like um when people touch the electric fence and see if they get shocked you know you're gonna get shocked but you're gonna keep trying it and um because i love the taste and some places don't sell decaf uh i just kept going with it but i haven't had coffee now since i came back from southeast asia i haven't had coffee once and i feel all the better for it i feel a lot more um in touch with my natural energy i know what i need to do to wake myself up be it exercise or have a shower or whatever go for a walk in some fresh air and i don't feel reliant on on coffee but also you know lots of places have decaf now and it is a lifesaver because it tastes pretty much the same so if you have anxiety just now that like coffee and caffeine just isn't a good mix for you it's not going to do you any favors so again it's something that you should look at um I know a few people that have talked to me about uh, their mental health over the last few months have given up coffee and gone into the decaf like myself. So, um, and they've felt the benefit. So, listen, if this year, if you've had issues with anxiety and depression, and you think that alcohol and caffeine are, are reasons that are or are things that you do when you take that don't benefit you, then maybe take a step back from this year, and that can be a good successful. Um, New Year's resolution for you. So that's all I have to say for the new newest podcast of the year, and first podcast of the year. My next podcast will be about social media, so I look forward to sharing that with you over the next few weeks. Uh, to stay in touch, please subscribe to the podcast on your favorite channel, be it Spotify or Apple or Anchor. Uh, leave a review also if you can 
hopefully a nice one but listen uh, if you don't like it the feedback's all positive for me and yeah just have a lovely week and keep going on with your new year dry january and everything else so uh look forward to talking to you soon and good luck a mental health journey.com